welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you today. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We release two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube, and you can also listen to them here on the podcast. As a reminder, we now have our Patreon live, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. You get the weekly after show, a lot of fun there. You can watch it or listen to it as a podcast as well. Hope to see you over there, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. If you like the show, consider leaving a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. Apple Podcasts, Spotify helps us out a lot. And for all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos, head to mtmvegas.com. Thanks for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, it looks like the Tropicana is slowly shutting down. Saw a picture this week of that beautiful stained glass dome where all the table games used to sit under. You know, people used to look down on the cheaters, the quote unquote, or define cheaters there. But I guess they're probably losing staff as new casinos are opening and people know that they're going to close. So they've taken out a lot of the table games there and now electronic table games which has happened in other casinos, but it's sad to see this beautiful pit area, probably the best part of the Tropicana, not looking so good these days. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised to see it just because you, you're still going to have table players. So you think you'd want to keep that pit going because it's the coolest pit. But maybe they think, you know what, it is the coolest pit if we get the video games in there. The video table games will get better play or make some more money versus only having the tables open on weekends or whatever it be right now. But it's sad to see. And we don't even know when or if or are the A's still coming? Are they not coming? Are they going to knock it down? What are they going to build? So it's just kind of up in the air, and I feel bad for everybody that works there. A slow draining of employees, but go see the Tropicana. Go enjoy it. I have to not be the only person that loves this place with as much uh, passion. There's got to be others in the world, right? Are you going to book a bungalow before the end? Absolutely. Oldest hotel rooms on the Strip. Come on, nerdiness. You got to do it. You got to stay there. I'll stay there the last (laughs) night. Go support the place. Maybe they'll keep it open. No, they won't. Tropicana to win. We look at uh, Awakening. Awakening, if you remember, it debuted, uh, what, a year, a year and a half ago, something like that. It was the replacement for Lorev. Didn't do well, so they closed it out of nowhere, retooled the entire show. Reviews have been far better for this new version of the show, but somebody posted a picture on Saturday night, and it's like 30% full, something like that. It's insane. It's sad to see this because if we can't get shows that are original like that to work, then all you're going to see is more residencies. You're not going to see those unique high-dollar shows anymore in Las Vegas. They need to get Chris Angel's seat filler uh, hookup, and then they'll be all set. You know, he was probably like, oh, I could totally work with 30% full. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So when we hope Awakening does well, uh, go see. I mean, the prices are expensive, and that's really what it is. It's an expensive show, but by all accounts, from what I've seen, it's really good, and it's much better than the original version that debuted. Let me know in the comments, though, if you've seen both versions or if you've seen the new version, what you think of it. Hopefully, they can get more people in there. Sort of surprised that it struggled because Lorev did so well. Yeah, I was going to say, or just bring back Lorev, please. I wish it had never left. It was <laughs> such a cool show. But I mean, I'd probably check this out just to see, especially if the reviews are higher. But they, maybe they need to adjust the ticket prices or or do the tickets for less uh, type of release, something along those lines to get people in. Because you got to build, you know, some type of grassroots where people are talking about how great the show is. If you get enough people in there and it is good, it will grow that way. But you need to get butts in the seats first. So let's talk about butts in the seats. The Super Bowl is coming up. And when a team gets a new stadium, right, it's been tradition generally for them to get a Super Bowl. So that's what we are getting now. Uh, Allegiant Stadium, a few years old now. But NFL 
NFL senior director of events, Nikki Yule, this week for the first time said that Las Vegas will be in the rotation. We know that cities like Miami and New Orleans have been historically in a rotation where they get the Super Bowl every few years. Uh, and that seems like Las Vegas will be on that list. Not a surprise at all, but this is the first time the NFL has ever confirmed that. So this will be the first Super Bowl in Las Vegas, but probably not the last. I would expect that we see it every once in a while because it's the perfect city for the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, the weather isn't going to be super hot, but it will be nice enough that people will enjoy it. And especially people from like the north, northeast to get away a little bit. And I think that's why all the other ones are popular because they're in warmer places you know, nobody wants to go to New York and in February and sit outside for a Super Bowl. They did it once with a new stadium, but they don't want to do it every four or five years. So I think Vegas is a good fit. Plus, they have all the hotels, the infrastructure, the entertainment values there for people to come into the city. It adds a little bit to it. Uh, I will say I booked my tickets, my flights already for when Detroit makes it this year. I'll be there. <laughs> well, hopefully you can sell those uh, for a good profit when uh, when that doesn't happen. Because <laughs> we all know the Packers are going to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, OK. Oh, Maybe not. Okay. But uh <laughs> Speaking of the sports, go Knights go. The season started, so the Golden Knights are back. That's always good to to have their post-championship season. So a lot of fun in sports ahead. What's not fun is the culinary union. Uh, We talked about how they voted to authorize a strike, and that could be really bad with Formula One coming up and Super Bowl coming up. And they headed to the Strip this week doing protests, mass protests, thousands of people out there right right at the time where the Strip is just miserable for tourists uh, because there's nowhere to walk and all the construction for F1. But I think that's the point is uh, letting them know that they have some leverage here and some control. And with these big events coming up and a strike authorized, it could get worse. So uh, hopefully a deal uh, gets done. And obviously the good side of these protests, Mark, is that we got to see Mr. Papa Giorgio everywhere. Always a good time. He needs to go to Rancho Cucamonga or whatever uh, and then do a speech there and then it'll be perfect. <laughs> I, I want these people to get what they need. You know, they, they were hardworking, especially since COVID. They've been really abused and, and taken advantage of and they're running short staffs on purpose to, you know, and make them do more than they ever did before. And then the cost of living, we talked about how Vegas has exploded. Housing is more expensive. A lot of these people probably can't even live within 30 minutes and now they're driving through F1 hell to get there and taking double the time to get to work than they used to. It's just like it's piled up of all the stuff that they have to deal with. So record profits, I think you can make them a reasonable advance. Like let's meet somewhere in the middle where they're making a decent living and they're getting paid. And more importantly, like let's backfill these positions so they're not working so hard. I bet you that would be number one on a lot of people's lists. Like more than money is I'm tired of being tired all the time. Let's fill these roles so I'm not having to clean 20 rooms when I used to clean 10 in 2019, stuff like that. Yeah, it's they are the backbone of the city as one of their spokespersons said we built this city and we deserve to thrive in the city i agree with that and we want uh, the city to shine for everybody so let's hope that gets resolved speaking of resolve this isn't on our show notes but mgm has finally it seems like resolved everything from the cyber attack mgm rewards you can log in now you can see your tier credits you can see your status You can even book a room on their site. They're not using that third-party Expedia site anymore. And it looks basically the same as it did before. So it seems like they rebuilt it and it's working. So good news for that. And my status is still there. My tier credits are still there. I was a little worried that when I logged in, my status would be downgraded. Yeah, hopefully they get people their money back from BetMGM. That's like the one thing. I haven't heard if they have or not. People haven't really shared since all that started. But just hopeful that they've recouped the the money or put it back in their accounts or, or at least working towards that. So there's a weird loss against Resorts World. And this is a story that's been ongoing. 
was one of their high rollers. But basically, he is accusing the casino of allowing people who shouldn't be allowed to gamble and saying Scott Sabella allowed this. He was the CEO of Resorts World Las Vegas, and he was fired, if you remember, what, a few weeks ago. We don't know why. We do know that most of the stuff in this lawsuit that's alleged in this lawsuit has been sort of cleared by the Gaming Control Board. There was an investigation into a lot of this, but he is suing Resorts World, uh, this gambler, and uh, we'll see how this all works out. But nothing really new. We had heard tidbits of all of this before. We talked about the Taco Place owner who wasn't supposed to be the owner and how all that happened. It does seem like there was some shady stuff going on. We don't know. But uh, like we said, the the state regulators sort of cleared this stuff. So we'll see how the lawsuit goes. Yeah, I'm sure the barrier of proof is a bit lower in in the lawsuit versus the the state regulators. But it's still, it seems, it's such a weird story. Like, how does this, you know, player, this gambler know that these other people were felons? Maybe he just is mad that those people were in there when he isn't there. I don't know. It just seems weird. Go to a different table. Like, what does it matter? Why do you care who's gambling where as long as it doesn't directly affect you? It just seems weird and kind of like a money grab. And I don't know. Resorts World's been kind of a mess so far, like the last <laughs> three, four months. It's kind of just like, what are you guys doing over there? Yeah, it's a little nuts. And, you know, he says on Twitter, I saw him on Twitter, this guy who filed the lawsuit says he has receipts, evidence for all of this. So he can present that in court and we'll see how it all turns out. Uh, obviously, uh, there's some big claims, but it's not good for Resorts World to lose their you know, head honcho, the guy who is the vision behind it. It's going to be a new direction, I think, for that property, which is maybe not what they want at this point. Drama, man, all this drama. It's, uh, it's a little crazy to see it. Yep. Sorry, Nico. <laughs> As a reminder, our Patreon is now going. We do a weekly after show every Friday. You can watch it. You can listen to it. If you want to learn more, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. We hope to see you there. And thanks to everybody who supports us through that platform. So did you see this interview with Dana White? Uh, He went to the Sphere show, the U2 Sphere show, and was just absolutely mesmerized by it, that he was so uh, excited he wants to bring UFC there. And not just UFC, he wants to bring a huge event there for Mexican Independence Day, saying he's going to spend the money to develop the show, to make it the best live sports event ever, basically. This interview is insane because he's just like ramped up about this. And as we said, they did build it to be able to have boxing or UFC. So they need to get this thing done. Yeah, I think UFC would be a better fit than boxing just because it's bigger right now. Like, you know, it'll draw in more people, more more pay-per-view, all that stuff. And this would probably be the craziest sporting event ever with all those screens and how immersive it could be compared to just watching a fight. You know, you see fights and people are forever away. They can barely see the guys hitting each other where this, you'll have like the whole wall showing you what's going on. So it'd be kind of crazy. And and one thing I want to point out about the sphere is in the, in the Patreon group, we've had chats and, and somebody brought up that their sister went to the show and had like an episode that she had to go to a sensory room because it was just overwhelming. And I guess this is like a thing that not even people that have medical conditions that cause seizures, but a regular person going in there and just gets overwhelmed, like hyperventilates a bit, maybe has a little bit of a panic attack. They have a room set up for this. So they were kind of planning for it, but something to know, you know, if you're starting to feel that way, let somebody know they'll take you to that room. I guess it's been quite a bit of a problem. I heard the first 15 minutes or so of the YouTube show is very intense with the visuals. And then it sort of backs down from there. I saw people talk about if it was like that the entire show, it would just be too much. Uh, So I have seen people even who didn't have to do that, who said, you know, it was a lot. Uh, It's spectacular, incredible. But apparently, as the show goes on, it tones down a little bit. But Uh, Yeah, that is uh, something. And, you know, when you build something like this that's never been done before, 
there's a lot to kind of take in and the seats, some of the seats up high, people are getting vertigo. So there are some mm-hmm. other uh, things to consider there. But I would say the Sphere launch has been as successful as you could probably imagine uh, as far as the hype, uh, the reviews, what people are saying about the sound and the visuals. It trolls golfers better than anyone ever. Oh, yeah, that wind golfer. That was perfect, like how they timed it with the eyes and everything. Like, yeah. you couldn't ask for better than that. I, I'm sure they probably waited to to do it for that exact moment. But what a what an incredible thing! What a cool view from that golf course too at Win. Yeah, I mean, you only have to pay 700 bucks to do it, but it might, might be worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. So F1 may not return to Las Vegas. So there, the podcast uh, corner of Main Street. That's hosted by Jonathan Jostle and the Plaza crew over there. They recorded at Oscar's Steakhouse. It's a good Las Vegas podcast. They have some very interesting guests, and uh, I highly recommend that podcast. It's great. They talked to Michael Naft, one of the county commissioners, and specifically the county commissioner who oversees the strip area. A lot of good stuff in that episode if you're interested in sort of how the governments work in Southern Nevada, because there's different cities, and there's a lot of areas that are not in the cities, and they're sort of governed by the county commission, and they oversee the entire strip, the sphere, all of that. But what he said is, quote, we've impressed upon Formula One that they need to do better, that they need to communicate better, more effectively. And certainly if they're going to come back, there are pretty high expectations they'll do things differently. If they're going to come back again, that's uh, those are some strong words. I mean, he was positive in a lot of aspects of talking about them, but he did say those exact words. You know how they fix it? They just drop a bag on the doorstep of all the <laughs> commissioners. <laughs> I love the bravado. Like, it definitely needed to be said. I think there's almost 0% chance that it, they don't come back. You know, they're not going to invest all this time and money and do it for one year. So I think they'll be back. Maybe it won't be as long as maybe they were hoping for. Initially, maybe it's like a four or five year run if it keeps causing all these issues versus, you know, a 10 or 20 year run that they were hoping for. But I think it it will be back. But I'm glad that somebody's putting a little bit of pressure on them because it needs to be done. And, you know, everybody that's going to Vegas right now has a terrible experience. If they're looking to walk and see the views and just get around the strip easily, people that are working there have to deal with this every day. So it's rough. And and I think they could have done it better. Yeah, I like the way he talked. If he felt very honest, he talked about the boring company and the Vegas loop. And he said he's not sure if that's going to be a mass transit solution for Las Vegas, but he does think it will help a lot with traffic. So he's being honest, I think, about what he's saying. He does think that it could grow into that, but I like to hear those sorts of things where it's not just like talking points. And as a reminder, the Formula One race is under contract for three years. There's a lot of confusion about this because the county commission voted for it to be allowed for up to 10 years, but the initial contract was for three. I assume it will go the three years, but we don't really know, you know, there, I'm sure there could be fallout. You know, like I said before, I hope the race is a success despite all of the other stuff. Not good for anybody for this race to fail. uh, As far as the casinos, the workers, we sacrificed this long with all this crap. Let it be good. Exactly. And uh, speaking of Formula One, they also renamed the paddock building. That's their pit building. Uh, So they did it quietly. It wasn't a big story, uh, but it's now called the F1 pit building instead of the paddock building. Which makes sense. Yep. So uh, (laughs) there you go. There you go. So let's talk Oscars and back to Plaza here. I took my dad there for his 77th birthday a couple weeks ago to check out the new expansion to Plaza. Mark said I should have told Plaza ahead of time I was going there, but I didn't. I paid for everything myself. Didn't have any contact with them. Didn't, I didn't tell them tweet anything. at Jonathan Jostle before I showed up. I didn't. So <laughs> I could say I hated it, but I didn't hate it. I actually really liked it. Oscars, of course, is a very highly ranked steakhouse in town. It's got a very old school feel, very classy in that sort of downtown way. And they expanded it by adding that patio that sits right on Main Street. You look at the Fremont Street experience. You look at Circa. 
we sat out on the patio and I absolutely loved it. it. The vibe out there was great. Just sitting there, that location was a great place to have a meal, especially this time of year where the weather is perfect uh, in the evenings. And what's really nice is that you don't get a ton of noise coming off Fremont Street uh, because of the stage kind of blocking it and the zip line tower and all that. And they have speakers playing, you know, like old school Oscars type of music uh, going there. So you hear that. You don't hear all the noise, but you can see, you know, a bit of Fremont Street. Some of it's blocked. But what a neat location. Uh, we had the ribeye, which was pretty good. And my dad had the filet. I will say the steaks were overcooked. Not overcooked to the point where we would send them back. But they weren't perfect, but very tasty and good. Uh, had some other sides with it. It was a great meal overall. Service was excellent. I highly recommend going to that patio. I the, the main dining room is cool, that circular dining room, and it looks, you know, sort of straight down Fremont Street, but this patio is the way to go. Yeah, the, the video and, and pictures and everything I saw from you are, are, it looks stunning. It looks awesome. You know, I love outdoor dining, and, and October and April are probably my two favorite months to be in Vegas weather-wise, so I think that was perfect for this. And then how how hard was it to get patio reservations? Did you go through like Resi or how did that work and how far in advance did you have to set it up? I forget what system they use, if it's open table or Resi or whatever. Uh, you can go to Oscar's site and click through and make the reservations there. It wasn't too difficult and they have reservations for specifically the patio. So you nice. can make sure you get a table there. Uh, and it wasn't that busy on the patio. The dining room was mostly full, I would say. But the patio, there was only a handful of tables out there. I don't know why, because it was like, I don't know, 70 degrees. It was just a, the perfect night uh, to do that. I also learned that Oscars has its own private little parking lot at Plaza uh, by the garage. Uh, we went to go to the self-parking garage, and there's this little, you know, private little parking lot on the surface, on the ground level, right near the entrance to Plaza that you can park if you're going to Oscars. There's this guy that's like a mobbed up. He, he seemed like he was like a mobbed up guy who was the parking lot attendant. So it just fit the theme perfectly upon nice. arrival. That's awesome. And then uh, steaks, what like 60 bucks, 70 bucks? What, what range are we talking? Yeah, for like the ribeye, I think it was 68 and the filet was around the same. I'll throw that up on the screen right now, the menu. Oh, boy. Uh, but, uh, you know, sides are separate, all of that, right? We all had a really good wedge salad as well. So uh, it was a great meal. Uh, the bread was good. My dad had a great time. He hadn't been down to Fremont Street uh, in quite a few years. You know, he's getting older, not the place for probably an older person, but he used to hang out there all the time. He used to go to Binion's all the time. Hadn't seen Circa. So I took him in to see that. And I knew he was going to get overwhelmed pretty quickly. You know, you get into Circa, show him Vegas Vicky, you know, show him the sports book. Loved all that. You know, the music's pretty loud in there. But I wanted to show him Binion's because he hadn't been there for so long, even though it's sort of sad compared to the Binion's that he knew and loved. But I knew that we were like on borrowed time. The second we walk out of Binion's onto Fremont Street, he's like, okay, we can go. <laughs> Get all the noise, all the crazy people. He was yeah. done, but uh, it was fun. I'm just imagining culture shock thinking Fremont 15 years ago to Fremont now. It's like a whole different world. It's it's crazy. So uh, that's kind of cool that he got to experience it. And I think it's hilarious that he's like, all right, we're right. I've seen it. Let's go. Yeah, I was anticipating it. So it didn't bother me at all. That's all I wanted to do. But I did get to check out the other areas of the expansion of Plaza, too. The Pink Box Donuts. You know, it's a Pink Box Donuts. What are you going to do? Sort of built into the casino. The Carousel Bar, I really liked. Very pretty out there. Uh, a nice place to hang out. It wasn't too busy, which was surprising to me. So there wasn't a ton of people out there on the night that we went. It was a Monday night. Uh, but it was a, a great, you know, atmosphere. The lights. Everybody's seen videos of it. I think it does live up to that. What a great expansion. What a great idea compared to just the uh, driveway that was there before. And I did get a walk into the Brian Christopher Slots area. That's that non-smoking area where the former beer garden used to be. It's small. It still smelled new, like new construction, which was kind of strange because it's been open a little bit. 
Uh, not a ton of machines in there. Good area, no smoking right off the carousel bar. So I like it. I think they did a great job on uh, on all the expansion. I think they did a great job with the patio at Oscars, with the carousel bar. They made Plaza more relevant, I think, in the downtown scene. Yeah, I think that would probably be, you know, two or three for Fremont now. Circa is probably top. Golden Nugget might fight for second. And then Plaza is kind of the place you want to be. You know, of those three, you can move them around how you want. But I think those are quite a bit above everybody else, which is it's nice to see them redevelop down there, even if it is a little bit crazy at night. But uh, they're great properties and definitely worth checking out. Yeah. And like I said, they have a podcast where the guy who runs the place interviews cool people around the city. It's just a unique property in the way that they're running it. They're marketing it and everything else. I have no direct connection. I've never spoken to Jonathan Jossel or anybody there. So it's just, uh, I've always tried to stay on the outside because there's so many influencers that are sort of on the inside with them. And it's hard to kind of understand what's the hype and what's not when there's so much of that sort of mixed up in that. So I'm glad to be able to share that with you. It was an expensive meal though, so it cost me, uh, but uh, I'm glad that he enjoyed (laughs) it. What a great way to take an old man for his uh, birthday. It's cool the way that he kind of markets the property and how accessible he is. And I think the only other person that's kind of out there and forefront that you really know about and interacts with people in that way is is Derek Stevens. So I think those two are kind of unique for the rest of Vegas. And they're, you know, kind of a little guy that could, I mean, Derek Stevens is a bit bigger uh, with a couple properties, but still compared to Caesars and MGM and stuff, they bring a little bit of what you used to see out of Vegas with the personality of the ownership and stuff like that. So I'm glad that it's not completely gone. Hopefully Jonathan Jostle gets a little bit, uh, you know, gets his hands on something else through this company or, or maybe expands to a different role somewhere else. But I think it's, you know, those are two unique voices in the space that you don't really get anywhere else. On that episode uh, that I listened to with the county commissioner, he just said he wants to go to Laughlin. He wants to develop something in Laughlin, uh, which would be interesting. So uh, we'll see how cool. that goes. But uh, good to have him in downtown Las Vegas. Really happy that we have people like him and Derek Stevens doing something different, making it feel less corporate in Las Vegas. And that's what I would say. This experience at Oscars, all of that stuff, it does not feel corporate like you see with other new venues and other new things. It feels Vegas. You know, the carousel bar, you see the sparkling lights, Oscars with all that goes into that, the pictures and the mob, even the the Oscar statue, everything there. And this is the place that Las Vegas started, that land right there at the head of Fremont Street. So great property for that. Go see it. And Oscars isn't cheap, but it's great. There you go. So let us know what you guys think about anything we talked about. Oscars, the strike potential, uh, F1 changing the name of the building, uh, everything else we discussed on this show. Hit us up in the comments. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, and we'll be back in a couple days with another show. Check us out on Patreon, too. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Have a good week, everybody. That's happening. Not even like epileptic, epileptic, uh, not even epileptic. I can't say that word. Uh,